And a good morning to you and welcome to the show. You know, on that opening when they say, and the whatever, that's the whatever that makes golf, golf. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf, Reach Beyond, by Seapalms Resort. Become a member at seapalms.com and enjoy the many benefits. By Club Car, the leader in sport utility and personal vehicles. By RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community. And by Bridgestone Golf, play the Tour B ball that fits your swing today. On the show, we're going to talk with Dave Schultz, president of Next Links, who will talk about their indoor facility in California, which is the start of building more locations across the U.S. Then we'll talk with Jim Nugent, CEO of Global Golf Post, about the upcoming U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles, one of my favorite courses. An update on where is Phil, almost like where is Waldo. And the match between the PGA Tour and the Saudi Tour. They're getting into the ring, and we'll see what he thinks is going to happen. And then finally, we'll talk with Dan Davis, director of golf at Branson Hills Golf Club at Branson, Missouri, about their highly rated course, Branson Hills Golf Club, and explorebranson.com for all the things to do when you go there. First up is Dave Schultz, president of Next Links, who I talked with at the PGA Show in Orlando. Seven years of developing software and technology to sort of advance what they call AGE or alternative golf experiences, you know, sort of to the next level. We really feel like we've got a sport now that, that is worthy of, of competition and also really good fun, you know, for everyday people. Um, it's broken down into a putting only experience where beams of light come down from the sky and, and tell you where to put your ball like a tee box and other beams of light come down from the sky and shine over a existing golf cup to give you a target destination. We take our nine favorite putts and turn that into a complete game, you know, a little bit like a set in tennis, takes a couple of people 15 minutes to compete and play. Um, you have beginners and intermediate players that, that play together. The, the beginners play a beginner game, so their nine shots are a little bit easier than the player that's playing an expert game, but they're playing nine shots together into the same cups as if they sort of landed on the green and the beginner just had a better shot on the approach. Turns out that that's a lot of fun, and we've you know, been watching for four years now this technology mature in, in Indian Wells at, at the Indian Wells Golf Resort. Um, and now we're in the final negotiations with the city of La Quinta to open a, you know, a full-scale brick-and-mortar venue kind of on the, the scale of these big driving range entertainment centers, about a $30 million project. And, uh, and, and it looks like we're getting capitalized to support you know, several of these over the next three, four years. So over the course of the time at Indian Wells, uh, I know people, when they start out, you know, it kind of starts out slowly and then eventually grows, and it's grown quite a bit to where we are now. Yeah, so when Indian Wells made this first, you know, bet on our technology back in 2018, uh, they had some existing putting greens out in front of a beautiful clubhouse. They wanted to make more revenues at night at their existing club. They came into our lab where we were building a, a complete game of golf where you hit your full swings into a simulator screen and then transition to a putting green, and that's what these beams of light are for. And they just saw the beams of light on the putting green and said, man, that looks like a lot of fun. Can you just do this? Forget the screen. We don't care about that. Can you make putting games on our existing green using this technology you've been inventing? They opened in October 2018. First season, you know, 
by all accounts was very successful, but you know the real evidence is four years later, opening this season that, that opened in November, you know, 21, and they had you know 20 to 25 special events already pre-booked, you know, going into the season, and you know that's really attractive to them because they they get you know this party revenue and and uh, you know now we're starting to create recurring league play behind that. And so it just it couldn't be more popular. They couldn't be more excited, and, and that's sort of what led to the, you know, neighboring opportunity in the city of La Quinta because the relationship with our um, that was really a public-private partnership with the city of Indian Wells, who owns the Indian Wells Golf Resort. Um, that went so well. The city of La Quinta, you know, was aware of that experience, and when we showed up with an idea for a large-scale venue, they're like, "Yeah, we're we're interested." You know, now we've been working with them now for the better part of a year. And uh, just got some good news yesterday that we're sort of on the finish line of getting those entitlements at a beautiful property. Well, the nice thing is is that you can do it on existing putting areas, but then you can also, as you and I were talking about, courses like Bandon Dunes, Pinehurst, Sea Island, have their own putting courses. Mm -hmm. So besides their regular putting greens, so you can do it on either one. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's really easy to think about if you just understand the core nature of that we've programmed these nightclub spotlights to shine a beam of light down on a putting green to act as a tee box for a minute, a light-based, you know, instead of a physical object, a, a light-based, you know, indication of where to put your ball. Um, Imagine walking around your favorite putting green and just looking for nine putts that you could never get tired of, incorporating those into a game that you can compete with your friends against. And that's what we did in the lab from 2015 to 2017, and we, we literally played this game every day. And so all of these courses that have an existing putting green are in a position to just add some of these, you know, this lamp technology that we've created with a scoring interface like an iPad and it allows them to turn their own putting green into a, a gamified experience that people want to spend a couple hours doing. And how many variations can you do of the game? I mean, it's not the same game over and over and over. Obviously, there's a change that you can make to make it more attractive and different each time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's about, you know, that's that's how we create this differentiation between a beginner and an intermediate. We, we actually create a different game. So if you imagine that you could shoot a beam of light anywhere you want to on call, um, you could have one-foot putts, you could have three-foot putts, you could have 25-foot putts, you could have 75-foot putts okay. included in okay. this game. Okay. So it's a matter of just designing however many of these nine-putt experiences that you want to introduce. We typically have three. Um, beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and the players show up, they pick their level, and they play together through this game, and, and uh, it's really a pretty joyful experience when you, you know, watch them do it, you know. And the exciting thing, you just were telling me that you met with a bowling group, and it's a possibility that now you can maybe take up two or four bowling lanes and make them into this putting game so because of the advancement of these what they call off course golf experiences there's a real hunger in the market outside of golf to embrace golf like activities now i know it's strange for traditional golfers to realize that but um when we're sitting down here yesterday at the pga show you and i were talking that this year's a little lighter but it allows much more high quality conversations sure um we're having this high-quality conversation with one of our vendors, and they, they're asking about the layout. And I said, well, it's a lot like a bowling alley, right? The, the lanes become a putting green. 
And, you know, through that conversation, he's like, well, I know the principals at, you know, Bolero, who owns 300 bowling alleys across the United States. You know, I can get you a meeting with them. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think the timing is right. I think the market opportunities are right for them to experiment with taking, you know, two or three of their 40 lanes and and putting a putting green in there and, and monetizing, you know, the way you sit, the way you engage socially. It's all set up physically exactly like a bowling alley. Um, at the end of the bowling alley, at, at, you know, like in these newer ones, they're putting these big screen TVs that could be a simulator screen. So you literally could walk to the end of the bowling alley where the pins are, take your full swing shot with your driver and your five iron and whatever, and then when you get to the green, the, the, the lanes themselves become the putting green and the beams of light, you know, tell you where to play from. It, it, we call it golf on a court, you know, and, and really it's taking the whole game of golf and reimagining it where you can have a, you know, really an expanded experience from what exists today with just a simulator screen, which is really the only way to engage in golf um, in a virtual way that feels real today other than, you know, it, you need to enhance it with the putting, make the putting better, and that's what that's what our technology was designed to do. We own the patent on the game that connects these right. two things, and the first problem that really needed to be solved was how do you activate putting, and that's what the city of Indian Wells discovered in us and decided to make a bet, and, and now we've got four years of a mature product that everybody loves. And it's working. That's it's the working. main thing. Well, give us the website. <laughs> Uh, www.nextlinks.com, N-E-X-T-L-I-N-K-S.com. That is Dave Schultz, president of Next Links. You should be hearing more about them coming up in the near future. We're going to be talking with Jim Nugent, CEO of Global Golf Post, about a lot of stuff right after this. But CJ's Pizza on Mallory Street across from Parker's on St. Simon's Island is the oldest Italian eatery on the island and you know why? Because that's because those who've experienced CJ's one-of-a-kind taste, nothing else will do. Their thin crust is great. Their signature deep dish crust is made daily by hand. Famous hoagies, meatballs, homemade salad dressings, and much more. Don't forget their great appetizers, pasta dishes, desserts, and, of course, beer and wine. So don't forget they're open seven days a week starting at 4.30. Best deep dish in the South. Call in or... Go on in and sit down and just have a great meal. Check out their full menu at cjsitalianrestaurant.com. Hi, my name is Allison Fillmore. I'm the executive director for the Tour Championship, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys radio show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Glad you're with us. Global Golf Post is an online pub that you can get free every week. All you got to do is send them your email, and you got it. And uh, with us today is Jim Nugent, the CEO of Global Golf Post. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Morning, Rich. Thanks for having me on today. It is always a pleasure because I love talking to you because you will just answer any question honestly up front, and it's just a joy to have, have you on the show. So thanks for being here. Thank you. All right, so let's get right to it. Greg Norman, is he in or out with the Saudis at this point? Uh, at this moment in time, he's in, but I don't think it's a long-term uh, solution for what the uh, Saudis are trying to do here. I, I think that he, uh, they have tired of him and the missteps that he's made, but they don't have anyone to take his, his position at this moment in time. Um, and so I think they're going to let him continue to, to uh, 
uh, lead this effort for the time being. But I, I would be surprised if uh, a year from now we were having this conversation that he was still in place. Do you think uh, Phil would be a candidate to fill that position? No, I don't at all. I <laughs> feel it's uh, kryptonite right now. <laughs> yeah. So with Norman goes, who would they put in there that would have any kind of influence? Obviously, everybody thought Norman would be the guy, but who who else could fill that spot? Well, I think there's two spots. I think there's a, an operational spot that had been filled by a guy by the name of Sean Bratches, uh, a very seasoned sports executive who uh, Norman and Saudis recruited, but he left uh, last week. Uh, I think they would look to fill that kind of position, and, and that could be a lot of people whose names you and I and your listeners might not know. Um, and then I think they would look for someone like Norman, but less bombastic, less controversial. Um, you know, it could be, uh, I don't know who it could be. Yeah, right. Uh, it, it could be a, a you know a former golf executive. Uh, right. Uh, it could be you know George O'Grady who once ran the European Tour or Ken Schofield or, or someone like right. that. But uh, um, change, change is coming to to Norman's position if if the Saudis are serious about making this a, a long term viable venture. And what is the tournament that's coming up in June for the LIV look like at this point? Well, they were supposed to have released the field, the first field of 48 players this week, and it didn't happen. Uh, it was supposed to be Thursday, and then it was going to be yesterday, and it, it just didn't happen, which caused a lot of speculation that uh, at the last moment they didn't get all 48, that somebody uh, may have backed out or somebody's may have backed out. Yeah. All of a sudden, instead of 48, they had 44 or 45. Uh, and so the list was, was not released. And therefore, we still really don't know who's going to play and who's not going to play. All right. This has been a question that's been going around the golf courses and bars and you know buses, everything. But can PGA Tour players who are independent contractors sue the PGA Tour for blocking their ability to earn a living if they choose to play on the Saudi tour based on the current conditions? Well, certainly they're free to, to make a claim against the PGA tour. And I think that that's probably likely to occur, but you have to, to, and, and I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you always do, Jim, but I've, I've been well schooled by an antitrust attorney. Okay. Uh, because okay. I had to dig this. When you use the phrase independent contractor, you have to be sure to understand that there's two words there, not one. Independent is one of the words, but contractor is also one of the words. Okay. And so you or I, as independent contractors, could come and go as we please. But if we sign an agreement willingly, consciously, that says that we're going to, to abide by certain rules and regulations... Right. Uh, we're expected to abide by those rules and regulations. And that's what these golfers, PGA Tour players, have done. They are independent contractors, but they've signed an agreement with the PGA Tour. They've accepted the rules of the PGA Tour. And therefore, although they are independent contractors, they have signed a contract. Right. And I 
you know, again, not wanting to sound like I, I went to law school because I didn't, um, I think the PGA Tours case uh, is a very strong case. Yeah, I do too. I mean, obviously, if they're independent contractors, they've signed something. We don't know all the details of what that details, but obviously the tour does, and that's why probably they've taken such a strong stand. All right. Have you heard anything, any sightings of Phil? Uh, other than apparently he's grown uh, a playoff beard. I don't know if it's an NBA playoff beard or a hockey <laughs> playoff uh, no, there's been no sightings. Nobody's exactly sure where he is or what he's doing. He has uh, uh, effectively become a fugitive, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Do you see him playing anywhere this year at all? I don't see him playing on the PGA Tour this year. I wouldn't be completely surprised if he showed up in London for Norman's first LIV event. Hmm. All right. What do you think Phil's next step is? All right. Let's say he does show up in London for that LIV event. What's his next step with the tour, or is there one? Jay Monahan made it very clear in his press conference at Players that before Phil is to return, if Phil wants to return to the PGA Tour, he's going to have to sit down and have a hard conversation with Jay Monahan. Um, I had a, a, a colleague in the industry uh, this week uh, describe the Nicholson situation uh, like this. He is at a crossroads where he needs to decide he wants to become Arnold Palmer or Benedict Arnold. And I really wow. think that that kind of hits to the crux of the, the situation. Does he want to continue to play and be a champion of PGA Tour, or does he want to leave the Tour and go build a, a competitive entity? And I think it's a defining moment for his reputation forever, uh, the decision that he has to make at this moment in time. Yeah, I think that's a, a great explanation. Well, a lot of people are talking about Tiger, about how he's made the cut in the first two events that he's been in, but that he hobbled and struggled on the weekend. Do you really think that Tiger is going to play the Open at St. Andrews? Yes, I do. Uh, he's already committed, and he's, he's also committed to play in a uh, – uh, a very yeah. uh, important uh, pro-am put on in, in Ireland for two days prior to it. St. Andrews is a, a flat piece of land. There's no issues with him walking there. He's won there. He knows the golf course. I do expect him to play there. Uh, I think, though, that we're going to see more of the same, which is him struggling to uh, make the cut. And if, if that's what we're going to get and if that's all he's got to give, I think that he's going to have a very serious discussion with himself at that point in time. Am I done or am I not? And I think he's very, very close to being done. There's, you know, he, he's a prideful athlete, and I don't think he wants to become um, what people have described as Willie Mays. I don't think he wants us to watch him fight to make cuts. He never did that in his life. I don't think he wants to start to do that now. No, it's almost painful. I mean, I mean, I'm. I think it's great for what he's been through, what he's come back from, uh, that he's able to make a cut on the PGA Tour, not only in the Masters but the PGA Championship. But on the weekend, honestly, it's just I ache for him when I see him struggle to get around the golf course. You know, Rich, it was great at the Masters. 
it was a lot less great at Southern Hills. Yeah. And it's going to be less great at St. Andrews. And, and I think he knows that. And if, if his body's just not going to cooperate, um, there's, there's nothing left for him to accomplish. I think that will, uh, very quietly, you know, there's not going to be a retirement announcement. There's not going to be a going away party. I think very quietly he's just going to disappear. Yeah, and then obviously what comes into play at that point are, uh, you know, President's Cups captaincy, Ryder Cup captain. I mean, those are all things that still could be ahead of him. With one exception, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. I've had this thought for some time. Take a couple years off, rehabilitate your body, turn 50, get in shape, go win the U.S. Senior Open, become the first player ever to win four distinct USGA championships, the Junior, the Amateur, the Open, and the Senior Open. I think that's in the back of his mind. And then quit. And then retire officially. Yeah. Uh, Very good point. Talking about good points, one of my favorite courses when I lived up in North Carolina was Pine Needles. we got a big event coming up there, coming up in June, the U.S. Women's Open. A great field, um, and I know you had a great article in your, in your pub about it. What are your thoughts? Well, there's so many storylines there. Uh, you know, the return of, of the young Corda girl, uh, Michelle Wee, making this her next-to-last uh, event on the LPGA. Uh, Annika Sorenstam uh, coming off her senior women's open championship last year, and coming back to a place where she won the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, and got the great Peggy Kirk-Bell and her family that owns and operates the uh, uh, resort. It's, it's going to be a spectacular week in uh, Pinehurst at Pine Needles and uh, a, a celebration of women's golf, I think, is in store. You think that uh, uh, always when Annika is in a tournament, she's still got it. She's still, I mean, she might be a little rusty, but she still plays a lot of golf. Do you think she's got a chance at the U.S. Women's Open? Rich, in her mind, she's not going there to finish second. Yeah, okay. She's got a Tiger-like attitude. I mean, I'm not going to go and play in a tournament unless I think I really have a chance to win. And this one, I think, is a little bit over her head. She entered the Women's Senior Open with the expectation that she would win. She trained, she got in shape, she got sharp, and she did that. And and this is a, a bonus for having won that tournament. I don't, you know, I love Annika to death, um, but she's 50 years old, and, and these kids are 17, 18, and 19 that are out there. If she made the cut, I think that would be cause for celebration. Yeah, I I do too. It's I mean, it's kind of like it's not a Tiger moment, but now we're into an Annika moment where she's entering a tournament with a lot of younger players, um, and you know, her making the cut, as you said, would be would be big news and an accomplishment for her. She doesn't want to hear that from you or me, though. I guarantee you. <laughs> I'll bet not. Um, so as we we. Were there any surprises at the PGA Championship for you? I thought it was a wonderful ending. Um, I mean, JT was seven strokes back going into Sunday, um, and unfortunately the leaders just kind of moved back and let him kind of catch up. I think the surprise really was, uh, you know, Will Zalatoris. Yeah. If, If he could putt like JT... He might have won by eight shots. 
um, it's really hard to watch him putt, particularly inside two feet. He's got what they call in baseball a double clutch action that uh, is is really really hard to watch. But boy, what a game he's got! Uh, the the ruling situation he handled brilliantly, like a professional. He turned a six into a four, which which saved him. Uh, but boy, that putting stroke. Uh, it, it causes me to have to look away. And Wake Forest grad, obviously great genes from Wake Forest, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer, many others, Webb Simpson. Uh, but, but Will just, he's off the tee, he's strong. Irons are strong. Wedges are strong. But you're right. I think putting is his downfall. And I don't know how you fix it because, you know, I, I watched him as an amateur. I, I watched him at the U.S. Amateur in, in Los Angeles a couple years ago. And, and back then... They said that the, the kid had everything that you could possibly need except for a putting stroke. Huh. He's been out, out on tour now for several years and hasn't quite been able to figure it out. I mean, it's hard to look at his, his setup. He's got a, a long putter, which it looks like it's anchored against his arm, and then he's got the claw going on with his hand. Yep. It's a hard, hard situation. Yeah, it doesn't look like a lot of confidence uh, like when a guy like Tiger or some of the other PGA pros step up. You know they've got a chance to make it, and it just looks awkward. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look comfortable. And uh, we've, all, we've all played with people that have that, that, that issue, and you just want to look away at the last minute. Yeah, obviously that uh, may be what he's doing. <laughs> Jim, as always, thank you, and uh, happy uh, Memorial Day. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks for having me on this morning. Cheers. Always a pleasure. Jim Nugent, CEO, Global Golf Post, uh, just a great publication. Get up line, send in your email, and you can get it online free. Next up is Dan Davis, the director of golf at Branson Hills Golf Club in Branson, Missouri, and part of the Explore Branson. And We'll talk a little bit more about that. But first, are you looking for new clubs? Are the ones you're using not working the way you want them? Do you want a better feel? Well, try the new Mizuno's 922, 923, and 925s to improve your game. Uh, These new Mizuno irons will help you reach beyond, and then you can add the driver, the fairway metals, the hybrids, and you're on the way to your game improvement. Then you can try the new models of of Mizuno putters. You can do the blade. You can do the mallet. Check out everything at MizunoGolf.com. Mizuno Golf, Reach Beyond. Hi, good morning. I'm Bobby Weed down in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. A few weeks ago, I had a chance to go to Branson, Missouri, to play golf and explore all that Branson has to offer. Uh, They have 10 million visitors a year. Uh, This morning, we're on the phone with Dan Davis, director of golf at Branson Hills Golf Club. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. So your golf course was built by a couple friends of mine, um, Chuck Smith and uh, Bobby Clampett. Um, It really was a great golf course from a visual standpoint, but a lot of elevation changes. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. I mean, there's a lot of elevation change in Branson all over every golf course, but I think it is one thing that probably sets us apart of even – even some of the newer ones is that, you know, consistent change throughout the course. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gives a different look and a special feel to every single hole. So it's kind of tough when they ask me what is uh, our signature hole because 
to me, it's like we've got 18 of them. Yeah, that uh, was one of the questions I think that uh, one of the guys on our trip asked you, and he said, really, I can't pick one. They're really all signature holes. Yeah, I think it just, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of repetition. Um, you know, the par threes are, they vary within themselves. Right. Uh, the par fives, you've got uphill, downhill, flat. Um, there's water on on so many of the holes, whether that be a creek or some of the ponds. Um, and then, you know, just the the type of grass that, that uh, they picked to put, you know, as far as having taken advantage of our ability to to grow zoysia grass in the fairways and tee boxes. Um, and the bent grass greens are just spectacular. And, and our maintenance crew, as small as they are, they just do a spectacular job. Yeah, I thought the course was in great condition. We, we were there despite all the rain that y'all had had prior to us getting there. But one of the things I also liked was you've got a lot of different tees to fit all skill levels. Right. Yeah, we, we actually, um, you know, the course started with, I think, five different sets of tee boxes. And then we even added a, a sixth being that combo tee um, where it, you know, it even accommodates somewhere in between the ladies and the senior tees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we try to, although I, you know, in my in my opinion, I don't feel like the length of the golf course is, is what gives it its teeth. It would be more the, the greens complexes, the undulation. Um, but even though it's it's difficult, I mean, I think Golf Advisor ranked us the 49th most difficult course in the country. Wow. Um, even though it is very difficult, it's you know it, it gives you that Ozark experience and and uh, a very you know very much of a a full flavor of the Ozarks when you when you get off the golf course, you know you've done something. Well, I know a lot of people would love to play courses that have been ranked 49th most difficult, but normal amateur golfers, when you say that to me, what I think is I've got to move up one tee. Yeah, and that certainly helps. It, it does help. Um, so, you know, it, it, some of the landing areas might even get a little more narrow, but, yeah. you know, for, for a longer player, but, but uh, you know, it, it would certainly help you. Maybe hit a three wood off the tee, or or an iron on one of the short par par fours. So, so it would definitely be an advantage to to not push yourself on this golf course, especially the first time. Yeah, and I I also th- and it's one of those courses that I always rate a golf course for golf week or just by playing it. If, would I go back and play it again? And the answer is definitely yes on Branson Hills Golf Club. I would love to come back and play it again. Well, that's great, and uh, we'd love to have you back. <laughs> well, definitely will come back, but give us your website so our listeners can go to it and find out more about Branson Hills Golf Club. Yeah, um, most important thing is don't, don't forget the S in Hills. So it's just simply BransonHillsGolfClub.com, um, and you know you can, you can wander through the tabs. I think we've got pretty much everything in there. We do have a fantastic restaurant. Um, and bar grill area. Um, it gives, you know, a chance to have a kind of that country club feel, even though we're fully open to the public. Uh, we've got some beautiful views up here off the back veranda. Mm -hmm. Um, and the bar area is just so nice. Um, so we just want everybody to come and experience it and, and have a great time. Um, 
we try to feel like we're we're pretty laid back here, and um, even though it's a very fancy facility, um, you know we're we're pretty down to earth people. Yeah, just, you are. We just want people to get here and, and have a great time. And Dan, you've been there for quite a while. How much has golf and Branson, as far as having 10 million visitors now a year in 2021, how has it changed? How has it grown? Are you, and are you surprised by the growth? You know, it's, it's been a little bit gradual, and um, with the exception of COVID, COVID had a huge impact on everybody across the country and actually in a positive way for golf. Um, but, you know, we were, we've been building towards this for quite some time. Um, going back to when I first got here, we had, we had started a, a golf council and we all worked together and to, uh, to get it out that Branson's got a heck of a lot of really unique and, and fun, challenging and, um, different golf courses for all different skill levels. And then, you know, with what Johnny Morris did and Big Cedar down the road, it is kind of like the cherry on top. And, and not only are we known nationally now, I think we're, we're definitely known internationally. We get yeah. groups from, from Japan. We get groups from um, England and, and, you know, across both ponds. They're coming here, um, you know, the United States, and they're choosing Branson, which is, you know, right in the middle. It's not just the coastal golf destinations anymore. We've, we've kind of broke into that, and that's, that's pretty exciting. It is, and I know that you have a great relationship with many of the places to stay as far as lodging is concerned, but you especially have one with the Hilton Convention Center in downtown Branson. Tell us a little bit about that as far as the opportunities to come to Branson stay there and play at your course or play at some of the others. Right. Um, so, you know, Branson's always been known as a very family-friendly place. Um, but a few, So back in the, the late 2000s, they, they built the Branson Landing, um, which is a very, very upscale, nice shopping district. Um, and then the Hilton Hotel, which is right there on the landing, there's two different hotels, the Convention Center Hotel and then also the Promenade, mm-hmm. um, which are like little suites that overlook the shopping districts. It's right on Lake Tinicomo. There's some great bars, great restaurants, really nice collection of stores, um, a fountain show. I think the guy that built the fountain built the fountains at the Bellagio, um, and it's, it's kind of all in one, and, and we're the closest golf course. Um, it makes just a fantastic trip to either stay at the promenade or the convention center, you know, enjoy all those restaurants down there and then swing up here just three miles away to play, you know, hopefully one of the best rounds of golf of your life. So we are, uh, we encourage people to take advantage of all that Branson has to offer. And beyond that, I mean, you've got all these, you've got two fantastic lakes with full shoals and table rock, crystal clear water, and then, like my family and I do, we, we hit the creeks. There's all kinds of kayaking possibilities, canoeing. Um, it's just such a cool place. I, yeah. You know, hopefully people can get here and, and experience all those things. Yeah, it's definitely on the map. Uh, it's definitely a, a bucket list for a lot of folks, and it's a return trip for a guy like me and all the other guys that were on the trip, and I know a lot of other people that do end up going there. 
But also at the Hilton Convention Center is also the Level 2 Steakhouse, which I thought was one of the best meals that I've had. Yeah, I, I'm lucky because on, on some of these, these fam tours and, you know, familiarity trips, I've been lucky enough to be able to be involved in that, and it's always a treat for me to get to go in there and, yeah. and enjoy one of those steaks or, you know, some of those tremendous sides. It's a, it's a pretty special place, and they're, they're gaining quite a reputation. Well, they are. And, Dan, I know that uh, we want to talk about, you know, Big Cedar Golf has got a lot of opportunities. We've got five courses and that big 19th hole that's uh, helped uh, a lot in the area, your golf course. But there are ten golf courses in that area, which includes yours and the five uh, from Big Cedar Golf. Right. I mean, you know, you could even stretch it out a little further and, and look at some of the ones in Springfield. But even right here in Branson, I mean, there's there's enough golf and I think enough desire to play them again that you don't have to look too far. Uh, you're going to have all the golf you want, and it's going to be probably one of the best, most memorable trips if you're a golfer that you could ever plan. Well, Dan, hang on for this with, with just a minute, and we're going to come right back with uh, Dan Davis, director of golf at Branson Hills Golf Club in Branson, Missouri, right after this on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. This is Bobby Clampett of the PGA Tour, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. And speaking of Bobby Clampett, uh, he was one of the designers for the Branson Hills Golf Club. We're talking with uh, Dan Davis, the director of golf there. Uh, Dan, talk about, you said your family and, and you go out and you explore all that Branson has to offer uh, but talk about some of the other attractions, like, as you mentioned, Branson Landing. But Silver Dollar City is also there, which is huge for the amount of people that come that. Yeah, Silver Dollar City is uh, it's a one-of-a-kind for sure. As far as an amusement park, um, they've got some of the coolest rides I've ever been on. Um, you know, I've been to Six Flags and some of the ones in some of the bigger cities, but... Some of their rides, I mean, they're so cool. They're so smooth, so um, unique. Um, they've got a new one called the Time Traveler, and it's a roller coaster, but it spins the whole way. Oh boy! Um, you know, they're they're actually their general manager is a is a member here, and I know him very well. And just they run a just a top rate organization over there they they treat their employees well everybody there is just so happy um and then you've got the craftsman aspect of it where you can learn you know kind of how they did in the old days you just get this feel from the moment you step up foot in that property the smells of the food the the sounds of the you know some of the music that they've got playing throughout the park and then even in, on christmas christmas in branson is probably one thing nobody wants to miss um, on a golf aspect, we actually, I've seen golf every single month I've been here going back to, you know, all the way back to 2008. I've never missed hmm. one, you know, a, having at least one golf day in, in every single month. So our weather is actually pretty darn good for being, a, you know, in the middle of the country. Right. Um, but the Christmas in Branson is, is just something really cool. You know, that park is, in particular is lit up all throughout the park. They've got, um, you know, a Christmas parade. Um, the Branson Landing, on the other hand, too, has got, it, you know, it is amazing. The, the Christmas tree that they've got down there is a super high-tech 
you know it's it's sequenced the music and and it's just a, a really really neat place to come to on during the holidays um you've got sh- great shopping great restaurants again um and you can play golf you know most of the time uh, you can find yeah. a, a day or two that the weather's pretty good we get 50 60 70 degree days on in every month of the year you know at, at some point we yep. get our share of bad weather too but but uh, if you time it right you can have a great time and a great family experience at, at any one of these places yeah and you talk about all the attractions the museums the silver dollar city branson landing restaurants are great hotels are great but also there's still a lot of entertainment with the shows oh yeah um you know we've a couple that stick out that are kind of staples here in town soji tabuchi is you know an amazing probably he actually just got into the world hall of fame for being a fiddle player um the music the talent um that you know is here in branson is just unbelievable um you know, my kids who go to the high have gone through the high school, and my middle child was a, just a fantastic singer. Um, and some of the talent that's even at the high school level, because of their parents, because of their association with the shows, it would just knock your socks off. But the amount of talent that's in this town, and and a lot of them go on, and you know they 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 um, they you know hit it big, and um, yeah. some of them that don't, they're just still just amazing musicians and you know, i know that soji most i think every at one point everybody in his band had a a degree in music oh wow um you know it's not just you know a couple guys playing spoons and a <laughs> right right it's, it's really good music yeah and, and some of the shows that they put together are just out of this world well if you want to find out more you can go to explorebranson.com obviously we got bransonhillsgolfclub.com we want to make sure that we mention that again but Dan, one of the you you have Dan Davis Golf. I want to ask you a question. How do you recommend a drill to stop going inside on your swing? To stop going inside? Yes. I mean, just turning, not going straight back, but coming inside with your swing when you're getting ready to tee off or hit the ball. Uh-huh. So the one thing I would recommend yep. um, is to have your, your right palm pointed towards the ground on the way back. I think ah. that would be pretty tough to, to pull it too far inside on the, on the backswing. If you keep that right palm kind of down, um, I think you'd, you'd find that that'll help you quite a bit. All right, that's a great suggestion. I love it. And, uh, Dan, I can't thank you enough for being with us. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, give us your website one more time so our listeners can go to it and find out more about going to Branson staying there and playing your golf course and some of the others that are available there. Sure. Yeah, and just BrantonHillsGolfClub.com. And don't forget the S on Hills. And, uh, you know, if you can't find any information there, you call us up, and I, you know, I'd be glad to talk to you myself. So. And, and we can, uh, you know, we give out information all the time on, on how to book your stay or, or anything right. else you might need. We're here for you. Dan, thank you enough for being with us. Uh, have a great day. Thank you, sir. Have a great one. All right, you too. Dan Davis, the uh, director of golf at Branson Hills Golf Club in Branson, Missouri. Go to explorebranson.com to find out more about where you can go, stay, play, and uh, just go to all the attractions, the museums, the shows, uh, the restaurants. It's just a great place to go. Obviously, I'm going to go back. So thank you for being with us. Uh, The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is heard every Saturday and Sunday right here on ESPN Coastal. 
Check it out at ESPNCoastal.com. Go slash back nine boys. You can hear us. You can see us on YouTube. Just go to wherever you get golf podcasts. And thank you. Thank you very much for being with us.